0: A Radio 191 FM podcast. Right now, I'm joined by Reb Fountain. Morena to you, Reb. Morena.
1: How are we? I am uh, all over the show. I'm good. I'm great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in lockdown. How are you?
0: (laughs) I am totally locked down. Yeah, completely in lockdown. Uh, How is it going for you, the lockdown?
1: Um, You know, it's been an interesting journey. Uh, It's it really feels like there's a definite ebb and flow to every day and you never know what's going to hit you sometimes it's full of hope and space and other times it feels like um you've been hit by a truck and i I guess it's like that for everyone in some way and we're all sort of intersecting at different times of our day (laughs) um yeah so it's it's been good i I'm, i'm really lucky i've got a space and i can walk around i've got my dogs here and family and so I, I feel very privileged. They even have a home to be locked down
0: in. Now the record is self-titled. Uh, you've just dropped your fourth single, but I want to go back to the first one because we, we didn't have a chance to talk about it. And I found it quite interesting. Um, Samson. Um, musically, I guess it's a side of you that I've never seen before, but maybe it's a little bit of your jazz school background coming out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. i I. I tend not to think about a genre when I'm writing, you know, I'm not specifically trying to fit into something or repeat something or do something new. You know, during this lockdown, I've tasked myself with writing a a song a day and I have to say it's really hard work (laughs) and um, you know, there's going to be a lot of duds in there, but it's been really great focus. But what I've noticed about myself is that I write all kinds of stuff. You know, and it could be related to what I'm inspired to at the time, or something that's really, you know, been sitting there in deep for a long time and has emerged. Um, I guess with Samson. and um, I wrote that and that during the recording. And it was um, at night I went home and I sat down on the piano, and this song came out, and um, and it was wanting to express things that I hadn't expressed and that's been kind of bottled up and it felt so urgent um, and necessary um, to my, not to me at that moment in time and to the record, for the record as well and and so I don't, you know, whatever form that took was just what happened on the night and then was shaped, you know, with with my friends in, in the studio. So,
0: um,
1: maybe it's different, maybe it's a, um, different than what I've done before but in many ways it's just an extension of that, you know. I know yeah. I've been kind of been pinned as more kind of country um, old folk um, of late. no um, it's certainly not all that I've ever done,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, in, in, well, I mean, I don't think it's all you've ever done as of late. I mean, there's tracks on your previous record um, that are totally not pigeon uh, like that. I mean, The Divide um, and a few others off uh, Little Arrows. Uh, i wouldn't put in those categories at all um now
1: because we sort of um we we tend to get associated with stuff and and i like that you know sometimes it makes sense um but i love i love spoken word i love Patti smith i i love this i love pop music um you know and all of those things kind of came together in that song in a way that was felt like it was me
0: uh, like video stores, press rewind, delete. Um, what a great line! Well, p- part of a line uh, lyrically. Um, your latest single, "Don't You Know Who I Am?" Uh, it's just so great. Um, a true wordsmith at play. And I'm sorry I have to say things like that to you because I'm. Sh- <laughs> I if you're anything like me, compliments are the worst. I don't know. You might you might be great with them. Um, but um, is this was that song? Is this song born of real experiences, or are you just spinning yarns? <laughs>
1: Oh, everything's real, <laughs> just maybe complicated as well. Um, yeah, Don't You Know Who I Am was really inspired by real things. Um, my album, Little Arrows, teaches some artwork by an artist called Benjamin Chichu, who um, died in 1978. and um, he was an incredible artist. And in fact, I have a tattoo um, of that artwork on my forearm. Um, and when I was looking at getting the rights for that artwork, I heard a little bit about his story. And um, so this song was really inspired initially by his story, but it, it it's much larger than that. For me, it's it's my own story. I, I think it's it's all our stories and kind of um, emblematic of, um, of of many things, the, the, the struggle of our own egos of... Um, wanting to be somebody, of feeling like we're nobody, um, and um, how to come together in solidarity through that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of different things. They always yeah. are. <laughs> um, the,
0: the record itself is self-titled. Um, it's your fourth. Um, what does it mean for this record to be self-titled now?
1: Well, I, I felt like it was a line in the sand moment for me. You know, I've been a, a single parent making music for a long time and, and it was always hard work and, and it was always second best so uh, this album felt like a shift in my ability to commit to music and, and myself and and I, I wanted to share that um, it's it's definitely a very considered album I, I spent um, uh, yeah very considered thoughtful record and um, I guess in many ways that felt different too. You know, it um, I, my past works, although I've put a lot of energy into them, for me um, this one was it was completely self-driven. So I guess in that in that way, I wanted to say this is about me. You know, and if there was ever a time to do a self-titled album, it's now. Um, and I think the songs. The, the, the different feeling that the songs have, like you were talking about before, are really um, emblematic of that of that shift for me, and um, I guess a, a different kind of confidence and commitment. Um, and "Don't you know who I am?" is like that. There's a hell of a lot of bravado in that song,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: uh, and that's not without the complexity of the insecurities and doubts that we all have. And, and same goes for me with the record. You know, what a great time to be releasing an album during a global pandemic. You know, I feel just out of this world, and it's, you know, it's, it's scary and, and weird, but um, but I'm a musician, and I'm always going to make music, and, and I, it's really the, the, the only gift that I have to offer to folks at this time. You know, I'm not an essential worker. I, 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 can't, um, I can't give health healthcare. Or support um, but maybe I can give some connection to music and, um, and hopefully we'll find meaning in that together. You know?
0: Well music's mental health care.
1: Oh it is it is for me that's for sure and I know it is for a lot of people and um, you know that's what I love about music I and mean, it's one of the things I love about live music um, you know and I'm missing at the moment. Um, I love that about creating music and, and sharing it with other people because when I listen, you know, it helps me get through the day. And mm. right now I feel like we need that more than ever, you know.
0: Indeed. It's feeling have
1: um, being alone.
0: You've, you've booked a tour um, and I'm assuming you've done it in two parts. You've got an album to release, but I'm sure you also want to be able to support venues as soon as you can and play at places so people can come and support those places that you love to play at and you've loved to go, you've, you've gone to over the years?
1: Um, yeah, I'm really worried about venues at this point. I'm, I'm kind of irate about this sort of narrative around, this neoliberal narrative around just allowing viable businesses to continue um, and the other ones fall away. You know, um, venues do not make money. They're never really viable. <laughs> People run venues because they do it for the love of it. They're passionate about it, and they want to create a community space for people to come and listen to music. And now is the time for us to stand up and um, and support our music venues. Because to be honest, if we don't, uh, we might not have any places to go listen to music anymore, um, at, or or have places to play it. And so that's why um, I wanted to help start this booster campaign for wine cellar whammy and whammy by here in auckland um, and you can go to booster now and donate for that and it's a fun to help them get through these hard times and and be able to be there for when we do come out of lockdown and, and we're all able to go back and do shows and it also means that when my tour comes around i've got venues to go and play at and all the artists throughout new zealand who who means
0: the country can have somewhere to go you know mm, yeah yeah i mean it's already been a struggle for the last what decade i mean even longer you know it's always kind of been a struggle you, you mentioned for these venues that don't really make money but we've seen so many close over the last five ten years it's it's been scary uh, and this is just one more big hit for them um, in terms of the tour and the record, we talked about how, um, you know, how personal this record is to you. Have you played many of these songs live yet? And, you know, how was it playing these songs live compared to songs from the past? Uh,
1: yeah, we, we had our first band show, this band, um, at the Others Way Festival actually last year. and uh, And that's when we really started to bring the songs as they were recorded live, you know. Um, they had, I've played the songs a few times before that, some of them, but a lot of them were written around the record and were really new. So um, so we've been you know, honing them and developing them and growing as a band um, with these songs since then. And it's, it's awesome. It's amazing. I love them. I love playing them. I don't get sick and tired of them at all. And we also, of course, bring in a lot of the old tunes and play them in our own way and have such a fantastic... Um, a fantastic band, it feels like family, and yeah, we, ha- we were lucky enough to play our last two shows at WOMAD, you know, which was a miracle that that festival went ahead. And we were planning on, you know, going to WOMAD and flying out the next day to South by Southwest. And to have those shows as our last, you know, gigs, um, in memory is, is really special. It's kind of seen me through the lockdown, to be honest. Um, because we got to, to kind of play uh, all of these tunes off the record, you know, um, and it's such an amazing setting with beautiful audiences. And and really, we were preparing for this, you know, this this album release. So even though we've had to delay the band show somewhat, um, we're super excited. We can't wait to bring it to people. And hopefully um, by that stage, all of you will be, you know, ready to come out and party with us. <laughs>
0: No doubt. And it always turns out for Reb Fountain Show, so um, it's going to be great. Um, and the record's out today, out on Flying Numb, which is fantastic. Hey, Reb, always a pleasure to catch up.
1: Oh, it's so great to talk with you too, and thank you so much for being here and working during this time, and I can't express how valuable it is to have uh, local radio stations and People like you who are committing their time and their energy into this for for you know little or nothing, and um, yeah, just super grateful that you take the time to, to share my music today.
0: Oh, you're more than welcome. It's just great. It's well, I love your music, so it's just great to catch up and uh, and talk about it from underneath my ten-year-old uh, stepdaughter's uh, lofty bunk bed thing.
1: Oh, what is it? Stu- <laughs> that's what I need—is a bunk bed. <laughs> I have to. I've been like hiding in the corner of my room to record. Things and um, I've been doing these tracks for Les Mills, and um, and mm-hmm. I have to stop when the lawnmower goes. You know, it's like yeah. it's, one, it's a sunny day and everyone's like thinking, "Oh, we'll just mow the lawns," and it's totally thwarting my recording possibilities. So yeah, I, I hear you. Bunky mm-hmm. sounds perfect.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, fantastic. Thank you once again. Always a pleasure. Uh, and we'll see you in Otiputi um, soon on tour. I can't
1: wait um, to come down and yeah. and spend time with you. but main... Tell me that you're crazy, like my love. Want me like you're crazy, like my love. Kiss me like you're crazy, crazy.
0: To the Hindu temple, poured milk among the flowers. You caught me smiling, smiling at the edges. That was a Radio 1 91FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.